0: Welcome to Political Beatdown. I'm Ben Mycelis, joined by my co-host, the one and only Michael Cohen. We've got a lot to discuss today. Got to hear the updates from you in terms of what's going on in Michael Cohen's life. We know from a new Wall Street Journal report that special counsel Jack Smith is wrapping up his Trump Mar-a-Lago probe. There was a hearing today in the Manhattan District Attorney criminal case against Donald Trump regarding Trump's need to comply with the protective order. Trump appeared via video conference. Um, A lot lot more to discuss as well. We've got Marjorie Taylor Greene. We're learning that uh, her boyfriend is into drag, apparently a drag exception for Marjorie Taylor Greene. Um, and Ron DeSantis is planning to announce that he will be running uh, for uh, presidencies and not making his announcement tomorrow on Twitter Spaces with Elon Musk, if he <laughs> ever needed to extinguish what? What? <laughs> with Elon. <laughs> it's the worst plan. And I, as someone who plans events, Cohen, I want to get your thought on that in a bit. But first off, how are you doing?
1: Um. You know, struggling each and every day. I make no bones about it. Uh, you know, some of the issues uh, that, you know, are plaguing me remain. For example, this $500 million lawsuit, to give you a quick update on that, Ben. Uh, and, and, you know, and um, Brigaders, here's the story. Uh, whether it's today or tomorrow, we will be filing uh, the Rule 11, which is a Motion for sanctions, something you may remember that another judge in the Southern District of Palm Beach, Florida, uh, levied against Donald and counsel. Uh, that counsel happened to have been Alina Habba for filing um, these frivolous lawsuits and so on. We have a Rule 11 motion that's being perfected right now by my counsels, um, Donya Perry and Ben Brodsky. Uh, So far, it reads reads very, very well. They're not happy. They want it to be better than even what it is right now. Uh, I think it lays out so much of the methods and the I, ideology that Trump employs it's obviously all too well. So that's something that we're working on. Uh, on top of that, you may have seen today, as Ben just alluded, that there is there was, I should say, a motion, a protective order motion, in order to prevent uh, Trump and his counsel from. Uh, Copying, disseminating uh, all sorts of information uh, that is relevant to the district attorney's cases, including so you know, cell numbers and uh, email addresses and addresses and other pertinent information of whether it's the prosecutor himself, the prosecutorial team, witnesses, because of the level of threats and intimidation that. Donald knows uh, will emanate as a result of putting out this information, and so as a result, his folks are going to have to review the information in what's called a skiff, uh, you know, situation, a scenario, and proceed from there. You know, so you know, and just so you know that the skiff stands for sensitive compartmented information facility. And what that is, that's where you go into a room, no cell phones, no copying uh, devices permitted, uh, and you look over the information. You could take certain notes, but you can't duplicate the items and you cannot release the information, whether it would be on his untrue social platform, Twitter, YouTube, or any of the other social media platforms Uh, without being subject to some sort of a sanction by uh, the court. And in this specific case, uh, Judge Mershon, who, let me be very clear from uh, what took place today, he ain't playing.
0: So let's break down those two separate Cohen-related updates so that everybody, um, you know, understands the implications and import of everything that that you just said. And let me try to analyze the first thing that you talked about at a technical level. And um, from my legal background, which is you mentioned rule 11 sanctions motion that you will be filing against Donald Trump, by the way, to all the brigaders out there. What I love about the show is that you break the news here on the show for the brigaders like that's a big deal right there. Yeah, more so. Than
1: people, yeah, you're right, Ben. More so than people even understand, you know, because emotions he- are not things that are common, right? I mean, I'm right. I, I mean, how many times have you seen a judge actually sanction a lawyer for representing the interests of his clients? Well, the answer is it's not common, however, when you have somebody who's as litigious as Donald is, this is this is a Warning to him and to his counsel that you intend to file and waste resources, you know, the judge's uh, time and the court's resources by filing these frivolous motions, you are going to get sanctioned. And I just, again, want to remind everyone that the last one that took place about six weeks ago in the Southern District of Palm Beach resulted in a $1 million fine. Uh, To Trump and to uh, his counsel for that case. And that's uh, Trump versus Clinton. That was $1 million uh, between Trump and Alina Habba.
0: You know, what was interesting in the Alina Habba case, and I'm going to legally geek out here um, Trump and Alina Habba were actually sanctioned twice in that lawsuit. And that was the case that they brought against Hillary Clinton and like 30 other uh, people related to Hillary Clinton and just spread all of these defamatory statements. The judge said that the underlying lawsuit basically looked like his, the rantings and ravings of like a, of his social media account. So, there was one group of defendants in that case that brought the Rule 11 sanctions motion, and that was granted. And the judge in and Judge Middlebrooks talked about how Trump is a vexatious litigant and uses his political action arms to engage in this abusive process. Actually, the Hillary Clinton sanction motion with about a dozen or so other people was actually brought under the inherent authority of the federal. Court based on how frivolous it was, but Rule 11 sanctions were granted regarding the first uh, sanctions that were uh, ruled on by Judge Middlebrooks. Now, you talk about this case that Donald Trump filed against you in the Southern District of Florida, because these concepts are related. The reason that he brought this case in the Miami division and not the West Palm Beach division is precisely because he got sanctioned by Judge Middlebrooks, so he brought the case already, knowing that he's a vexatious litigant to try to go judge shopping. Fortunately, it's in front of a law and order judge. So what you've just announced here for the first time on beatdown to the Brigaders is that you are bringing a Rule 11 sanctions motion for people who go, what's Rule 11? Under the Federal Rules of Civil Procedure, this case was filed in federal court, so the Federal Rules of Civil Procedure govern When a lawyer affixes their signature to a pleading, they are certifying that it is a good faith pleading. And basically rule 11 sanctions goes after the lawyer for filing a bad faith pleading and signing their names. And there are serious, serious monetary sanctions attached to that. So the rule 11 sanction procedure is First, there's a safe harbor window where you basically serve the lawyer with the rule 11 sanctions motion before it actually gets filed. Then the lawyer has about 21 days to 21 days. voluntarily dismiss the lawsuit. If they don't voluntarily dismiss it, then the rule 11 gets filed. And then that coincides with your motion to dismiss that you previously filed and your lawyer will probably have those heard concurrently. Sorry, I had to geek out on rule 11 for a little bit right there.
1: <laughs> well, you did a great you did a great job. Almost I mean, that was almost as good as your boxing stance. Remember, when you have your <laughs> hands up, Ben, you got to cover the face. No, it's you got to you got to cover the face. You can't keep it like this. Got to Keep it tight, elbows in, my man. I elbows hear you. In.
0: Before the brigaders, they got to know it's me. <laughs> they got to know that. They know. Believe they got to know. Me. They
1: recognize <laughs> you pretty well. And uh, look, uh, one thing that we saw here today is that uh, Judge, um, you know, mashan he he's not playing games here. Uh, you know, there's been a significant number of threats against the prosecutor, uh, Alvin Bragg, against um, you know the. DA, uh, his family, the prosecutorial team, witnesses, and so on. And Donald obviously realizes exactly what he's doing. And then again, you know, I want people to remember that the lawsuit, this sort of ridiculous lawsuit was filed only, what, four or five weeks after the determination by Judge Middlebrooks in the Palm Beach case. So he clearly did not learn a lesson. Let me also remind our brigaders that this idiot in chief of uh, the former idiot in chief of ours went ahead and the day after he got whacked with this five million dollar judgment, this this try um from the trial in the E. Gene Carroll case for the sexual assault. As well as the defamation, this moron goes ahead and he says the same shit the next day on CNN during that town hall. Well, as what as I expected and as I called it, Robbie Kaplan, um, you know E Jean's um, attorney, Roberta Kaplan, is also not playing games. They filed suit again, against Donald for the exact same thing as what they were just successful during a jury trial of securing this $5 million decision. I mean, if that's not the definition of stupidity, I'm not sure I can figure out what is. Well,
0: I'll give you another one. Then he sued through his Trump media group, the Washington Post, for $3.2 billion. Like if you actually go and read that lawsuit, which unfortunately I had to do in terms of reporting on the news, there's some places in that lawsuit where it says $3.2 billion. There are some places where it says $2.2 billion. And like this $500 million lawsuit that was filed against you, this $3.2 billion lawsuit was brought by a Lawyer who frankly should not be bringing this case, which is one of the reasons I think why you're bringing the Rule 11 sanctions motion. This case that Trump filed against Washington, the Washington Post, was from a solo practitioner in the Tampa area who practices in workers' compensation law. And look, no no hate on that, but he just three. $2 $2 billion defamation case against the Washington Post on very frivolous grounds. And these lawyers need to understand what's happening to Alina Habba. They need to understand what's happening to Parlatori. And Cohen, no one to understand,
1: gives the Ben. Look at everybody: Corcoran, Giuliani, Christina Bob. Uh, you know, you have, uh, what do you call it? You have Alina Haba. You have now Alejandro Brito. You saw what happened to myself. Every lawyer, you know, I, I know and I, I hate it when they say, you know what MAGA stands for, make attorneys, get attorneys. It's, it's hurtful. But it's true. The guy doesn't care. He got Christina Bob, for example, using Boris Epstein, who is a guy who practiced law for what six months, right? Six months, and now all of a sudden he's a legal advisor that's sitting at a table when Donald Trump is a defendant in a criminal case. The guy has no criminal law experience, zilch. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. He's sitting at a table where a former president for the first time in United States history is being charged with a crime. I mean, this is unprecedented. And you have a guy who's sitting at that table with no criminal law experience at all. I mean, why not just why not just bring on anybody who has a law degree to sit at that table to show strength? You know, look, I, I don't know what to say other than... The whole thing is like a shit show. It's like a bunch of <laughs> ass clowns just sitting there. Par Latour, who was, you know, who's a good lawyer. Don't yep. get me wrong. He is a well-known and he's a competent attorney. He could not take it anymore. Understandably so. And so what did he do? He turned around and he said, look, you know, um, I've had enough. There was also an attorney, if I'm not mistaken, who smartly, took $3 million from Trump as a retainer. And I forget uh, you know, which case that was, but he took a $3 million retainer. You don't hear a thing from that guy. I mean, obviously, let me be very clear about this. Donald is possibly one of the most difficult clients that a lawyer can have. He doesn't respect your law license. That's certainly for sure. He also doesn't respect process he believes that he can create the process simply because that's what he wants. And so your job is to figure out how to take his whacked out process and utilize it in whether it's a hearing, whether it's for a motion, whether it's for a trial, and so on. Now, look, I'm going to tell you one more thing. I have an upcoming trial against Trump in July, uh, July 24th. We are going to trial to pre settles. Um, So far, I don't see that happening, but we're going to trial for the legal fees that I incurred that much of is still owed to different law firms uh, for representation of him. That was done at his direction, his request, and obviously for his benefit. So, you know, that case is going to trial as well, and he does not believe that He should be held accountable for anything. Well, one thing that we have seen, at least over the course of the last six months, Donald is being held accountable for more than just legal fees. He's being held accountable for even things like filing these ridiculous lawsuits, these frivolous lawsuits.
0: We're going to talk a little bit as well on this bombshell Wall Street Journal headline about how Trump is uh, likely going to be uh, people in Trump's orbit believe he's likely going to be indicted soon by the special counsel. And the fact that that's coming from the Wall Street Journal, a Murdoch controlled uh, paper, tells you something as well. I, I just want to read you this portion, Cohen from the Rule 11 sanctions order that actually preceded the million dollar inherent authority sanctions order by Judge Middlebrooks. I'm sure your lawyer has this exact quote lined up for your Rule 11 sanctions motion, but let me just read it to the Brigaders. This is from Judge Middlebrooks when he issued Rule 11 sanctions against uh, Donald Trump and Alina Habba. Judge Middlebrooks, the federal judge in the Southern District of Florida So who is responsible for this case and others like it? The rule of law is undermined by the toxic combination of political fundraising with legal fees paid by political action committees, reckless and factually untrue statements by lawyers at rallies and in the media, and efforts to advance a political narrative through lawsuits without factual basis or any cognizable legal theory. Lawyers are enabling this behavior and I am pessimistic that Rule 11 alone can effectively stem this abuse. Aspects may be beyond the purview of the judiciary requiring attention of the state bar and state bar disciplinary authorities. Additional sanctions may be appropriate, but legal filings like those at issue here should be sanctioned under Rule 11, both to penalize this conduct and deter similar conduct by these lawyers and others. You have a federal judge who says that, and then you have lawyers who say, sign me up. I'm ready to basically be a, I've called them before on the show. It's like kamikaze lawyering. I mean, it's people, you've given them the warning, Cohen, years ago, you said to everybody, don't do this. I'm telling you what's going to happen. And yet you see over and over and over again, this kamikaze. Do we not
1: see the same thing with members of Congress? I warned Republicans and Democrats, not just when I was providing the information in the SCIF. That was like five or six hearings with members of Congress. Um, But I did it also live on television when I spoke before, uh, God rest his soul, Elijah Cummings, Congressman Cummings before the House Oversight Committee. When I said to Jim Jordan and I said to Mark uh, Meadows, I know what you're doing and look what happened to me. Nothing good is gonna come out of this. I knew exactly the playbook that they were trying to run, the play that they were trying to run, and from which playbook, because I wrote it, and I warned them what would happen, and look what's happened now. I mean, you know, Jim Jordan, he's a member of Congress, for God's sakes you know represent the interests of the country represent the constitution of the united states you cannot put your allegiance in you know one man Above and beyond that of the American people and the Constitution of the United States of America, without looking like a total jackass. And right now, I believe that Jim Jordan is making an asshole out of himself, plain and simple. You know, when you have people like Jamie Raskin, when you have people like Dan Goldman, when you have people like Congressman Steve Cohen and half a dozen other members of Congress that have stood up before this this sort of Mickey Mouse committee of Jim Jordan's, and they come prepared with the facts, not the bullshit innuendo. They come with the fucking facts and they say to him, sir, you are wrong. And I'm going to now declare my time. So please don't interrupt. And they go on to talk about how Trump and Bill Barr, who I don't understand how Bill Barr and Ty Cobb are getting the airtime that they are on CNN. This makes no sense to me at all. But you have these folks who are standing up right now and they are basically giving out little tidbits of information on shit that they did ready for these words at the direction of in coordination with and for the benefit of at that time, president Donald J. Trump. Well, why don't you come out with all of the truth? You know, one of the other things that I turned around and I said, I said this to, um, Uh, Adam Reese uh, of MSNBC, as it relates to this um, protective order motion that was on uh, today. And I said, I have less than zero confidence that Donald will abide by any of the terms of the protective order. His anger towards the system that is holding him accountable is so severe He will not be able to control his actions. He is like a petulant child. And it's true. He is not going to learn. Remember, as I said before, remember what he, 24 hours after getting smacked, ass smacked by a jury of his peers here in New York for $5 million for defamation and the sexual abuse, he goes on CNN's town hall, and he repeats the same bullshit. Let's not forget why it is that Judge Middlebrook, the Southern District of Palm Beach, made the statement, Ben, that you just read, and why, you're right, it's in, my, it's in our papers, our Rule 11 papers as well, because it exemplifies exactly who and what is happening in this specific lawsuit.
0: You know, with Donald Trump, to your point, he's actually not trying to defend the cases in a traditional sense, right? The way you'd go about defending a case, you look at the elements, you do what Tim Parlatore was trying to do for him. Tim Parlatore's defense was, look, Trump may be an idiot, um, but at the end of the day, this was all one big misunderstanding. Total BS, but Parlatore was putting forward the only defense Donald Trump could have possibly if you're talking about from a purely technical way about his theft of these thousands of government records and the obstruction of justice. So what did parlatori say? He blamed it on the White House staff. He blamed it on the General Services Administration. He called the documents that wound up at Mar-a-Lago that Donald Trump stole. He called it spillage. But see, Trump didn't want. That's a defense like that. What Trump's view was is let's have the Boris Epsteins and others and Tom Fitton, who's not even a lawyer, basically say, screw it. We believe we can do whatever we want to do. We don't believe in law and order. I took it. I took it. I took it. F you. Know, and that's do you remember how what
1: he said. Do you remember what he said, Ben? Because everybody knew that I had him. I put him right there out in the in the White House lawn. I put him on the White House lawn. Everybody saw it before I had them bring it to Mar-a-Lago. This is why, by the way, that they had. Matt Calamari and, Maddie, um, and Matt Calamari Jr. right uh, testify before the committees because they wanted to understand the chain of command as it relates to the video cameras that showed uh, who was coming and going from where that storage facility was located in the subcellar there at Marilardo. This is not a joke. And then they're trying to piece together Who was at Mar-a-Lago? Who knows who Donald showed it to? Because Donald himself turned around during an interview and stated that he has the right to show whatever he wants, that it's all declassified, that he's, that they're his documents. He could do with it as he will. This is a guy who, regardless of what you explain to him, no matter how many times you write it in crayon, that it is not your papers. They belong to the American people. They are and should have been in the control of the National Archives pursuant to the Presidential Records Act. They are not yours, you idiot. <laughs> Plain and simple. But no matter what you say to him, he ignores it. and goes, I declassify them. They're really smart people. That Tyrone said, I could declassify them just by thinking it. And and just by having it means that I declassified it. And you listen to this circular, stupid logic that makes no sense at all. And why are the people that are surrounding him? And I'm going to give you the answer to this. It's kind of rhetorical uh, as a question. Why are these people that are around him not saying to him, no, Donald, that's not right. You can't say things like this. This is why parlatori left. You cannot say things like this. You are making it impossible for us to represent you and to provide certain defenses. He cannot claim that he didn't know what was in the boxes. He already told the American people that he did. And so when he tries to use that as a defense, it will come back to bite him in his ass, plain and simple. So why does he do it? Because he doesn't believe in accountability. He believes that he is above the law. He acknowledges, well, I should say, you know, he believes in his mind that the statement that he had made when president, that a president is like a king, I could do anything that I want. It's just not accurate. It's also un-American, it's unconstitutional, it's the Donald Trump way. So that's why on every single show, you know that I say this all the time, vote, 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 and vote. Because come 2024, if in fact that this this loony right, is going to end up back in the office of the presidency, how many people have turned around and said that our democracy is hanging by a, by a string, right? It's not even a string anymore. It's just like a piece of the string. And every day that goes by with these um, acolytes of Trump doing the things that they're doing, they're eroding our constitution and our rights all for the benefit of just one person. And we know in history the last time shit like that happened, and the time before that, and then there were times before that. I mean, just you know, just go up and down. You know the you know the hill. You had um, you know there was uh, Peter. I forget what they used to call him. Like uh, Peter the. It wasn't Peter the Great. It was a another one. Peter the crazy. And then it went on to Stalin to Hitler. You know, then you go on to somebody like a Donald Trump. And let me tell you, to anyone who has sparked ire in Donald Trump, uh, you know, who he has anger towards. We're not safe if, in fact, this man ever comes back to power. And, you know, right now, it does look as if though he will be the Republican nominee, but folks like Ben and Midas Touch and the Mycellus Brothers, Lincoln Project, uh, you got Justice Matters, Adam Park Menko, you have myself with Maya Copa, and then this political beatdown. We will continue to do everything that we can to expose this group of, you know, one of really they're just seditious, um, you know, cons- conspiracy, you know, the, you know, theorists or autocrats uh, that just want to destroy this country for their own power and for their own profit and gain. And you know, while we still have breath, uh, we'll, we will ensure that we keep everybody up to date, advised, and alert as to what's going on to prevent this from happening.
0: Fortunately, for now the fascism blend of trumpism is mixed with an idiocracy that is embedded in who donald trump is so the fascism has not been able to get organized in a way to fully destroy our democracy. They are trying. That's why this is red alert, red alert, and why we're giving these messages here at the Midas Touch Network. We talk about special counsel Jack Smith, and um, you mentioned the other lawyer who we never heard of who was supposedly involved regarding the Jack Smith investigation. His name was Christopher Keis, who's completely disappeared. He was a former solicitor general in Florida. He's the one who took the $3 million. I haven't heard from that guy. He was also a registered foreign agent for the Maduro regime in Venezuela. Everything that the MAGA Republicans say is always projection. Um, And special counsel Jack Smith's investigation this week had some major developments. One of the things we learned from some great reporting by Hugo Lowell, who I believe has been on mea culpa before, who writes for The Guardian, Um, and it's been reported elsewhere, that Evan Corcoran, Donald Trump's lawyer, make attorneys get attorneys. And Cohen, I'm sorry about that one. I may have been the person who coined that. And I'll, I'll uh, you said, <laughs> I may be the originator of, of, of that one. And, and you know, I'll, I'll, I'll bring that out sparingly on, on political beatdown. But it's true. You gave them, you gave them all the warning. But uh, Evan Corcoran's notes. 50 page notes that he took regarding special counsel, Jack Smith's uh, ongoing criminal investigation into the theft of these documents. And remember, Corcoran was the lawyer who, along with Christina Bob, helped prepare that attestation, that declaration under penalty of perjury to the FBI and DOJ on June 3rd of 2022, stating that all classified documents were returned. They turned over 40 classified documents at that time in a red weld folder. We also know from Corcoran's notes that he specifically warned Donald Trump that holding any classified documents from there on out, was definitely 100% a crime. So you have the intent element built into these notes from Corcoran, which I think is uh, significant. Um, But But they don't care. They,
1: They don't care. You know why? Because it goes right back to a word that we keep using here on political beatdown. It's called accountability. And Donald Trump refuses to accept accountability for anything. I want it. I'm going to take it. I'm going to keep it. I don't care what government says. There will be no accountability to me because I don't believe in accountability. That's his circular, that's the way his brain operates. It's circular in stupidity. Unfortunately for him, all right, that's not the way the law works. And Jack Smith, who is very close, look, as we know, Jack Smith has two cases. We have the Marlardo document case. And then we also have the January 6th insurrection case. That January 6th insurrection case is so massive. People, you know, when when people start to rank which case should, should not go first, ah, it's so stupid. A crime is a crime. and And I always go back to the Al Capone theory. They couldn't get him on murder, extortion, racketeering, bootlegging, blah, blah, blah. They got him on tax evasion. Is that the same? Is that is, is, um, bad as murder or extortion or racketeering? The answer is no, but they got him. They got him on a true and legitimate crime that was easy for them to prosecute and to convict upon. That's what Alvin Bragg's case is. It is an easy case to lay out. The documents speak for themselves. The various witnesses will testify accordingly, all right, and it will corroborate all of the documentary evidence. The January sixth case, there's a thousand people who have provided testimony. A thousand. If you add up all of their testimony, it's over a year of 24/7 testimony. Could you imagine what we're talking about? Sitting in it's like sitting and watching the news 24/7 for 365 days. There's millions of documents. You have any idea how long it would take just to set up a case like this for trial? It's insane. Now you have Fannie Willis, the DA of Georgia with Brad Raffensberger and so on, that case, too, is easier. However, it goes to mens rea. It goes to the mindset of Donald Trump, the guilty mind, and he will turn around and he will lie with impunity as he does and make the claims that, you know, he thought And he still believes that they stole the election from him in Georgia, that there was 11,780 votes that were stolen and he wanted them back. No different than if they stole his car and he will try to use that as a defense. Now, this case with Jack Smith is so easy for them to put forth. Here's the FBI raid. Here's what was uncovered. Here's the number attested to by the head of the FBI. And the FBI agent in charge, stating how many documents were deemed classified, top secret, blah, 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 because they all have different various codings, put it forth there, use his own words against him to show that he took the documents, knowing that they were classified. The real question becomes, and somebody brought this up, uh, one of our, um, you know, brigaders brought this up, and I want to touch on it for a second which is, who do you think that Donald Trump showed the documents to? That's a scary fucking question, all right? We already know that Jared Kushner and Donald are in bed with Saudi, um, with the Saudi Arabian government, with uh, Mohammed bin Salman, the crown prince. Some of this top-secret information... According to reports, and I've never, of course, seen them, but there are reports stating that some of these are in regard to Israel. Some of them pertain to nuclear information. And could you imagine that if this information was disseminated to Saudi Arabia, the damage, the political fallout, that this can have on our country. It's staggering.
0: I wanna get your take. And China,
1: even worse.
0: I wanna get your take. And Russia? I wanna get your take if you think Donald Trump did your opinion, if you thought he may have shared those documents with them. But first, let's just take a quick break. Ben is here. Breed some life into your own backyard with FastGrowingTrees.com this spring. From shade to fresh fruit to privacy and natural beauty, let FastGrowingTrees.com help you plant your dream garden with their expert advice and fast, reliable shipping. FastGrowingTrees.com's plant experts curate thousands of easy to grow plant, shrub, and tree varieties for your unique climate. Meyer lemons to evergreens and everything in between. Happy plants, happy home, right? But sometimes it's hard to know which plants will do best. No problem, because with fastgrowingtrees.com, you get customized recommendations based on your specific needs. Plus, their plant experts are always available to help keep your plants growing healthy through the season and beyond. No more waiting in long lines and hauling heavy plants around. With fastgrowingtrees.com, you order online and your plants arrive at your door in just a few days. I love fast-growing trees because I found the Alberta peach tree I was looking for at a great price, and you will too. And with fast-growing trees, 30-day alive and thrive guarantee, you know everything will look great, fresh out of the box. Join over 1.5 million happy fast growing trees customers. So, go to fastgrowingtrees.com/political now to get 15% off your entire order. Get 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com/political. That's fastgrowingtrees
2: Dot com slash political. Growing up, cereal was one of the best parts of being a kid. But as I got older, I had to watch out for sugar and empty carbs. Magic Spoon has the amazing flavors you love, but high protein and less sugar. Magic Spoon's variety pack, well, it comes with four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. This pack has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and four to five net grams of carbs. It's only 140 calories a serving, and it's high protein. Again, has zero grams of sugar, keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. My favorite flavor is fruity. It's the perfect combination of deliciousness and crunch you need for your cereal. Go to magicspoon.com/beat to grab a variety pack and try it today and be sure to use our promo code BEAT at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon, they're so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of high protein cereal at magicspoon.com/beat and use the code BEAT to save five dollars off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this. Welcome back God, to political.
1: Yeah. So Ben, boom. Um, I got I got an order in of the Magic Spoon. I got to tell you, my daughter, who's gluten free, knocked down the peanut butter, and she loves peanut butter, knocked it down. I got I tried. Um, you know, without milk because I'm lactose intolerant. I tried the fruity. I got to tell you, it tastes just like. Fruity Pebbles or, you know, the Fruity Bits, which is what they gave us in when I was in Otisville. They're like the, you know, the fake Fruity Pebbles. As you can't buy Fruity Pebbles, it was all Fruity Bits. But I got to tell you, it tastes exactly, but gluten-free, sugar-free, the whole nine yards. And I personally, I'm impressed. I did want to turn around and say to you that this is a real problem in terms of who they showed. I want to remind our, you know, I want to remind our audience here that, Jared Kushner took down two plus billion dollars from Saudi Arabia, all right, um, for his new hedge fund. On top of that, Trump is involved in this live golf, which is, you know, sponsored solely by Saudi Arabia. This is, there's is a real, there's a real problem that's going on here that the, right after Jamal Khashoggi, it was determined who ordered the death, the killing, the dismemberment of this American journalist. The first phone call was to Jared. So if there is any body that I believe that has information relevant to these documents and the information that it contained, there is no doubt in my mind that it was shared improperly. I truly believe it. I do not have the, of course, the. I I don't have the proof other than to say none of this makes any sense at all. Um, you know, why they gave Jared the $2 billion um, when he is not qualified or competent to handle their money. And that's not me saying it, that's the Saudi Arabian uh, Investment Authority's finance chairs that said it. So there's a lot of shit that's here. And why Merrick Garland? has not opened up an investigation into this. I don't know. Why Joe Biden is sitting back and doing nothing when it comes to this, I don't know. I will tell you, if I was president of the United States, I wouldn't have somebody sitting on their hands like Merrick Garland. Look, I'm trying to demonstrate, and I do it in my book, Revenge, I'm trying to demonstrate the unconstitutional remand, the way that the entire case was established against me, 48 hours to plead guilty. They were filing an 80 page indictment that include my wife as a co-conspirator to the hush money payment. You really think I was telling my wife that Trump was having this affair and that I was going to pay out the 130? Hence why I took it from the HELOC and not from our bank account where I had the money. All right. The whole thing is insane, but nobody wants to touch on it. In fact, we have filed FOIA documents that go back to 20 um, to 2020. I want to remind people that Hakeem Jeffries and Ted Lieu, June of 2020, it's going on three years now, penned a letter to the inspector general calling for an investigation into my specific case. Three years, no investigation, not a single document. I just got the other day from my lawyer, Mark Zaid, another document turning around and stating that the government who's required to process a minimum 500 documents each and every month as of August of 2022, that they processed 509 documents And just like the other previous nine months before, will not be turning over a single document of the 509, that of the 509, zero are being released. And they use this line of method and process, not one fucking document. And I can't tell you how many different members of Congress have asked, Hakeem Jeffries, Ted Liu, um... Former uh, Congresswoman Carolyn Maloney, uh, Congressman Steve Cohen, uh, you have Dan Goldman brought it up. So did uh, Jamie Raskin, Senator Dick Durbin, called for an investigation into the way that the um, for the an IG to investigate the IRS in how they handle a case from a guy who has never ever been audited, who has never not filed a tax return timely, that have never, ever had overseas bank accounts, nominees, or any of that shit. So the fact that Merrick Garland is sitting on his hand, the fact that we can't get a single document in order to prove that the former administration violated the fucking constitution of the United States of America with the impunity that he violates everything. This is, this is, Part of the reason that there are too many Democrats out there that are losing faith in the party. And I keep trying to tell them, yeah, what's your alternative? What's your alternative, Donald Trump and the Republicans? No, no, that, I guarantee you, is the end of democracy. It's the formation of an autocracy and a kleptocracy, and we don't want it look, it
0: is healthy to criticize the government, right? Like, I don't believe the FBI is this perfect organization that does every single thing. Absolutely not. I think it is healthy to have skepticism over what the FBI is doing, what police are doing, what government is doing. A healthy skepticism is important and healthy criticism is important. That is not what MAGA Republicans are doing. Precisely because the FBI and the DOJ are focused on investigations regarding domestic terrorists who want to destroy our democracy, that is why they want to abolish the FBI and abolish the Department of Justice. All of a sudden, because Donald Trump is being investigated like by people like Special Counsel Jack Smith for legitimate reasons because he's engaged in egregious crime. So it is important, Cohen. All the criticisms of what the hell is the DOJ doing? Uh, let's call him out. Let's call him out for not getting you your it's record. our but,
1: constitutional <laughs> it's right our- to challenge our elected officials. All right end of story the fact that you question the FBI should not mean that you are a traitor and you know <laughs> exactly. there are some people asking you know in the comments you know how do you know that Maricon hasn't opened an investigation of course I know that they haven't I haven't been spoken to in three years I haven't received a single document request. Right? You think that the person that it's predicated on would at least be notified so that I could provide documents that they think might be helpful to their case? Come on. This whole thing is it's ridiculous. They have not opened up an investigation into anything. And truth, what they what should happen now is members of Congress should call for a hearing into, for example, FOIA. FOIA is obligated. It is their job. It is their job to provide, you know, in the information that is being requested of them so long as it's not classified. All right. They claim that they cannot do it simply because they don't have enough people working. Could you imagine this bullshit? I guarantee you give it to some of these young kids now with the AI. They'll find the documents based upon search terms that don't that are not top secret. The AI could Pop this shit out in a tenth of a second. This whole thing is a bunch of bullshit. It's to give somebody jobs that they give nothing to nobody. That's the whole problem. And they don't want to give it. And the reason they don't want to give it in my specific case is because it will show the corruption. And I believe the corruption is on both sides of the aisle, to be honest with you. I really believe that this sort of corruption has taken place before. They are protecting themselves at the expense of us. And I will bullshit that I will sit back and do nothing. I will continue to fight every single day. I am reaching out on a daily basis to different members of Congress, asking them to please put in inquiries to Merrick Garland. Please go back to FOIA, put in your judicial requests, your congressional requests. It is amazing to me that members of Congress, and I'm talking six different members of Congress have asked for documents and they are unable to obtain any of them. All right. How is a member of Congress supposed to do his job? If FOIA, who the fuck does FOIA think that they are to tell a member of Congress that you can't do that? I want to run for Congress because I would walk right into that office and I would sit there. I would I would literally I would sit there and I would wait. You're not leaving this office till I get what I want because that's what I need in order to represent my constituents in this country to the way that I was put into this office to do. And you're not leaving until this is done. And somewhere along the line, once again, Joe Biden has to get up and he has to turn around and make a declaration to FOIA that these documents must be they must be provided to people who are legitimately entitled to them. And it has to be done on an expeditious basis, period, end of story.
0: Well, I'd like you, run. Congress, number one, that demand would be made to whichever department is responsible for processing a specific Freedom of Information Act request. And, and I do want to say this, though, I do have a great degree of confidence. I have full confidence in special counsel Jack Smith right now, period, full stop. I want to make that very clear. And in terms of what special counsel Jack Smith is investigating, to be clear about that as well, we've learned that his subpoena to the Trump organization does focus on the real estate deals, other business dealings, transactions, promises made to China, France, Turkey Saudi Arabia Kuwait UAE and Oman so special yeah, counsel calculated-
1: 2017 when Trump first became president one of the things that was promised Ben uh, was that they would not engage in business development with foreign governments and with foreign individuals simply because it would you know it there's an appearance whether they did something wrong or not, And you could bet your bottom dollar knowing this group that they probably did. I'm not even going to say that they probably did. The appearance is bad and it shouldn't have taken place. The fact that they're building, you know, golf courses in Dubai, the fact that they're doing deals uh, in Turkey. Right. The fact that they were doing it in, in, um, you know, in China and in other countries. This is not the right look. And it was, you know. The company, which of course at the time was being run by three individuals, Alan Weiselberg is the trustee, Don and Eric Trump as uh, you know as trustees as well of the company. It is improper for the sons of the sitting president of the United States to be going to foreign countries to do deals, licensing deals, right, using the name the family name, the company name, which happens to be eponymous. It's the eponymous company of the sitting president of the United States. All right. It's just wrong. It looks wrong. It smells wrong because it is wrong.
0: Here's the thing, though. Even if there wasn't a direct quid pro quo, and we don't know one way or another whether documents were used transactionally or not. We know Trump is a transactional person. We know what he's capable of. But the mere fact that he has these records that don't belong to him that he stole, the mere fact that he has this valuable property that that he refused to return in it of itself provides a value and a negotiating leverage in any discussion, whether or not you even show the Saudis the record. The fact that they know in the future, hey, if we just do deals, maybe we'll get it. It's something you can dangle over the heads of foreign governments, whether you actually yep. directly say to them or not. So I want to make that point. We talked earlier in the episode about the protective order hearing and this SCIF-like order, sensitive compartmented intelligence facility. That's what it's called when it comes to national intelligence for purposes of this protective order, it's a strict confidentiality obligation referred to as an attorney's eyes only review, meaning that the only people who can look at it are attorneys, no photocopies, no nothing. And the protective order though, does not stop Donald Trump from criticizing the case, from talking about the judge or doing anything like that. It's simply to your point, Donald Trump can't share information learned through the case, like cell phone numbers, the names of agents, and other confidential information that could result in danger and harm to individuals and other information designated confidential or the higher standard attorneys eyes only. But this is what Donald Trump posted right after the hearing today where he appeared via Zoom. Like within minutes, he wrote, just had a New York County Supreme Court hearing where I believe my First Amendment rights uh, quote, freedom of speech have been violated and they forced upon us a trial date of March 25th, right in the middle of primary season. Very unfair. But this is exactly what the radical left Democrats want. It's called election interference. And nothing like this has ever happened in our country before. I mean, completely deranged. It is worth noting where he. the only piece of that that's accurate is that the trial date was set by the Manhattan Supreme Court judge, Judge Juan Sean on March 25th of 2024. His first amendment rights were not violated. Of course, that relates to the Manhattan district attorney's uh, criminal case against Donald Trump and the hearing that took place today. That statement is not a technical violation of the protective order. The judge said he's allowed to criticize, but, but just go think about it. He's like, my first amendment rights are violated as he's speaking and utilizing his first amendment rights to, criti- to, to, to criticize. So just Just a complete and utter sham right there. But finally, Cohen, I want to talk about the hypocrisy that is the modern day MAGA Republican Party. Like They don't stand for anything at all um, other than the Trump cult. But the thing they talk about over and over again, over and over again, is drag drag queens, drag this. They wake up in the morning, they think about drag and that's all they talk about. And they dehumanize people who perform in drag. Well, this account called Patriot Takes dug up the fact that Marjorie Taylor Greene's current boyfriend, Brian Glenn, I think is his name, uh, a few years back consistently dressed in drag um, and would do drag performances in, in his role as a TV host and when confronted with this, Marjorie Taylor Green's response was like, LOL, this, I'm literally LOLing about this. This is funny. He did this years ago. And uh the left is so stupid for pointing this out. And it's like, you, your, your only thing I hear from Republicans is talking about drag this and drag that. And now you want to say it's funny when your boyfriend does it, that there's some boyfriend exception to it. You know what? Let people have fun. Let people do what they want to do. Stop using government to try to make other people as freaking miserable as you are, Marjorie Taylor Greene.
1: Well, she can't help herself. Look, it's not just Marjorie Toilet Green. It's Rudy Giuliani, drunken Giuliani. It's Boris Epstein. It's the whole lock, stock, and barrel of these, you know, these carnival, you know, barkers that they need to be able to point at someone and say, "You are evil. You are bad. We need to gang up against you for whatever reason." It makes these these maggots. Feel powerful, strong. It makes them feel as if they're part of a community, a community of hate. You really care if someone is trans? How does that affect you and your life? Oh, my God, you have to look at them. right? Don't go to the drag show. Don't, you know, don't engage with someone who's trans, you know, in a restaurant simply because, you know, you have a problem with it. Just mind your own fucking business is really what it's like. If you have a problem with somebody for whatever the reason might be, Just ignore them. Go on your own life. Live your own life. Let them live their life in peace. You be you and let them be them. It's just that simple. Because you have an issue with something doesn't mean that somebody else does. It doesn't mean that somebody else shouldn't be who they are because you have a fundamental problem in your theocracy with it. And yet, as we see the hypocrisy, she's dating somebody who you know, like to dress up in drag. I mean, they all have these, these ideologies that make no sense. It makes sense when they could sit there and use it to spew hate, but when it affects them, well, then they ignore it. They move on and so on. I mean, it's, Again, it's the hypocrisy. It's why the Republicans are falling apart. It's why they did so shitty in 2020 in the election. It's why they did shitty in 2022. It's why they're going to continue to do shitty in 2024 because you're right, Ben, they stand for nothing. All they stand for is owning the libs, right? Let's, you know, we have a problem with, you know, with Jews, right? So be anti-Semitic. We have a problem with black people. Be racist. We have a problem with, you know, with trans people, all right. We have a problem with gay people. Don't say the gay bill. That's cost this idiot, this sanctimonious, that this Ron Death Santis, it cost him an opportunity to run for the presidency because his bullshit just doesn't fly. Yeah, it flies with your 26% at best of the Republican Party, but the rest of us, right, the, the people who have some sechel, some sense, we sit there, we laugh at you, and we call you out for your hypocrisy and your bullshit. And we're not standing for it.
0: Cohen, I just got to get your take on this. And I'm sorry I saved it for the end of the show. With Ron DeSantis set to announce on Twitter spaces, and Elon Musk, cla- you know, with all of the BS claims that he's made about the platform and how he's basically betrayed everything he claimed that he was going to be doing to the platform. He's now holding the spaces on Twitter with with DeSantis, with Elon Musk, and some other right-wing person, David Sachs or something like that. And they're going to have a conversation. Now, it was ridiculous, but I want to get from someone who does events. Like, Isn't this the worst possible plan for Desantis, like in terms of announcing, like he's shown no political acumen here because he is going to get trolled so hard from frankly everybody on those Twitter spaces. It's glitchy; it'll probably malfunction. Elon Musk is not someone who's good at interviewing. I mean, he has some. Perhaps brilliant ideas on the tech side of things. But when it comes to interviewing and doing the conversation, it's not exactly a streamlined conversation when you watch him speak. So this is going to, it's the worst possible idea for so many different reasons. And I personally am looking forward to it backfiring tomorrow.
1: But look, look, it has no choice but to backfire. Look, <laughs> Elon Musk is who Elon Musk is. He's, you know, he's a genius when it comes to technology and so on, but he should be staying out, legitimately staying out of politics because he's, he's, he's one person, and I don't care if he's worth $100 billion, $200 billion, It makes no difference. He's only entitled to one vote. You want to announce, you know, Ron DeSantis on Twitter? Fuck it. Announce. Do it. I don't care if you announce it, you know, while... I don't know, (laughs) using a harmonica down Collins Avenue in Florida. It doesn't make a difference to me. I don't give a shit. I wouldn't vote for him even if I was a Florida resident, which I'm not. It makes no difference. So if, you you know, all of a sudden Elon Musk has become what? You think he's the guy that's going to get you elected? He's not going to be, uh, he's basically Donald Light and he's not going to be able to beat Tim Scott's got a better shot at taking Trump down than Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis fucked up. He fucked up with Disney. He's fucked up with the don't say gay. He's with the book banning. He's fucked up with, you know, with women's rights. He fucked up. He's done. He's gonzo at least for 2024, period, end of story. It yep. wouldn't make a difference if God himself came from down from the heavens and endorsed him. He has no shot. At all, we talked about. Run. Maybe I should. Well, run you should for definitely. President because I, I now maybe I'm, I should I'm run serious. for the presidency. Could you imagine? Could you imagine, Ben, what that debate, me and Trump on the same stage together, would be like? That's the kind of shit people pay for. That's like pay-per-view material.
0: I'm pushing you more for Congress right now, but it would be very, it would be very entertaining. I like, I like Cohen, the Congress member, who can go in those hearings because I'll tell you what's going on in Congress right now, and, and, and we'll uh we'll end the show with this. This is the face of the modern day MAGA Republican Party. You have Lauren Boebert right here, who's basically making the argument for the Affordable Care Act, not realizing she's making the argument for it, just sharing this story on her own during a hearing today just watch this like um but do you see that patients leave their prescri- prescriptions at pharmacies because they can no longer pay for it they absolutely do in my pharmacy yes that, that happens um more, more than should make
2: anyone comfortable
0: I, I actually have a fun little story my staff is probably going to talk to me about this later but uh i left a prescription at a pharmacy once um i went to get um birth control and, um, I was there at the counter and went to pay for it. And, um, the, the price was very, very high. I said, wow, is this a three, six month prescription? No, ma'am, this is one month. And I said, it's cheaper to have a kid. And I left it there. And now I have my third son, Caden Bobert. Um, and so I'm actually, it was, a, it was turned out to be a really great thing. But, um, I, I, personally experienced that, um, when times were tough. But, um, thank you so much for your indulgence there and I'll talk to the team about that comment later. <laughs> um, uh, she voted against the right to contraception. So number one, she's making the point why you need an affordable care act, why you need to lower prescription drug prices. She voted to not allow contraception.
1: Yeah, I, what she left in the pharmacy was probably, you know, her enema because she's full of shit. It is not cheaper. Let me be very clear. It is not cheaper to have a child than it is to purchase mifepristone. All right, I don't care what she says. She's an idiot. And by the way, she looks like she lost some weight. So I would ask her right off the bat, you know, are you on Ozempic or something like that? You know, I mean, the end of the day, they're all full of shit. They make up these stories thinking that, you know, just because they say it, that it's going to endear them to whoever it is that they're speaking to, to Donald or to the party of two or three. It's beyond dumb. She's full of shit. All right. I'm glad that she had a child. I wish her as many children. I really do. I wish her as many children as she wishes to have. That's her business. And I, again, I really do have 10 kids, have 20, as many as you want. God bless you. But the person who's not ready to have it, Why don't you mind your own fucking business and worry about your kids? Worry about your life. Don't worry about the next person. All right. Yeah. You want a fucking election that doesn't give you the right to be in somebody's bedroom. All right. Worry about your constituents. Worry about yourself and your family when it comes to the important issue of deciding whether to bring a life into this world.
0: Stay out. So you know what
1: Lauren Boebert like every political beatdown, you get the two middle fingers. Fuck you today. All right, enough.
0: Stop using government, Lauren Boebert, Marjorie Taylor Greene, the modern day MAGA Republican, to pry into our bedrooms and our doctor offices and our homes. Just leave us alone. Let us. You may all be miserable people. You, you probably are. We see how miserable you are. But just let us enjoy our family, enjoy our private time to do the types of hobbies and things that we like. We don't need you to use government to try to destroy our freedoms. And that's why we should never refer to the modern day MAGA Republican Party as conservative. There's There's nothing conservative about them. There's nothing part of their agenda that supports freedom. None of that. It's why it's important that we talk about the pro-democracy community that we are a part of, which consists of conservatives, independents, people who aren't affiliated with political parties, people who identify as Democrats, liberals, progressives. We can all have disagreements, but fundamentally, we want to improve our country. We want to have constructive solutions, and we want to make sure that government isn't used to harass and to dehumanize people. That's what we talk about here on political beatdown. Cohen at the outset of the show told you about his various cases. In the description below, there was a GoFundMe set up for Michael Cohen's legal defense. That's in the description below. If you want to help out, all of the money goes to the legal defense of Cohen. Please pass
1: that along. Pass that along to your friends. And so on. when you see some of these maggots attacking, calling me the grifter, the money, unlike Donald, is not going into my pocket to use to buy myself an airplane or to fix my old dilapidated plane. All right. Uh, it's to pay for the lawyers so that we can hold Donald Trump accountable, not just, you know, not just in this case, but in a multitude of cases that will ultimately stem from this one. He must be held accountable.
0: Also, I see a lot of people in the YouTube chat with those badges on the YouTube, and so those badges are memberships for uh, the Midas Touch YouTube community. It's different than our Patreon, just to be clear, but you get a badge and you see a lot of them. It's one of the ways to support the Midas Touch network, and one of the things you do if you click that dollar sign at the bottom of the YouTube, if you already have a badge, there's a feature that you could gift the badges to other people and get other people in the chat badges. So if you see what that dollar sign is on the bottom right, if you want to, no worries, if you can't, that helps grow the Midas Touch uh, network with all of the editing we do and all of the videos that we make and 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 it improves the overall Midas Touch network. Also check out store.midastouch.com for the best pro democracy gear. That's store.midastouch.com. You see the Maya culpa podcast official shirt right there. Speaking of which, the Maya culpa-
1: all be wearing that shirt. When that shit happens and we go to Washington, we all meet up and we do the Million Maya Culpa podcast, Midas Mighty, Midas Touch, you know, uh, March. And boy, each and every one of us wearing one of those T-shirts, accountability, the word of the day.
0: Let's plan that for 2024. We'll talk offline about doing a visit to Washington, D.C., where and we'll figure out how to make sure all the brigaders can show up. So stay tuned for that. If you're subscribed on audio, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel, Midas Touch. If you just watch on YouTube, subscribe to Audio Political Beatdown. Also, Michael Cohen's other podcast, The Mea Culpa podcast uh it's a incredible incredible show just search for mea culpa wherever audio podcasts are available want to give lev, a by the way
1: i got lev parnas gonna be on on friday talking about rudy colludi drunken giuliani and these two plus million dollar buys of pardons uh, it's gonna be an interesting conversation so tune in oh.
0: Lev knows and also want to give a shout out to our sponsors and uh, fastest growing trees. I just wanted to let you, you gave a great shout out. I want to give a great shout out now to fastest growing trees. My fiance absolutely loves her plants and Fastest Growing Trees has been incredible for her. She raves about Fastest Growing Trees. You'll see the descriptions of our sponsors in the YouTube. And I want to thank our sponsors, because they support this pro-democracy content. It's important. You got to fund pro-democracy content. It's got to come from somewhere. And I'm grateful we have sponsors that do that. So check those out. And also, I want to give a special shout out to Fastest Growing Trees. Thank you to all the Brigaders. None of this is possible without you. Michael Cohen and I are so grateful for you. Spread the message. Share Political Beatdown with family, friends, colleagues, coworkers, neighbors, anybody you know. And we'll see you next time on Political Beatdown. Shout out to the Midas Mighty.